हरि ओम टुडे आई एम गोइंग टू स्पीक अबाउट द चैप्टर थ्री ऑफ भगवद गीता विच इज अबाउट कर्मयोग कर्मयोग इज अ वेरी इंपॉर्टेंट मैसेज ऑफ भगवद गीता इफ यू रिफर टू द एंशंट योगिक टेक्स्ट्स भगवद गीता इज द फर्स्ट वन टू टॉक अबाउट दिस कर्मयोग अ नॉन अटैचमेंट सेल्फलेस डायमेंशन attached to the actions which results in a positive experience whatever today i am facing in my life whether it's stress whether it's depression whether it's anxiety whether it's my addictions whether it's my physical health issues whether it's my wrong habits it is all the result of my karmas my previous actions my past karmas i end up in a situation which creates stress i have a choice to be a part of that situation or not it's my karma that brought me there people say oh i have lots of issues with relationship well it's my karma that got me into that relationship and now it's not working so my karma is responsible the question is how can i get out of this negative experiences of my life to understand that you need to understand the karmas in more details in bhagavad gita chapter 3 the shri krishna has given the origin of karmas where does the karmas come from the verse is very interesting अन्नाभवतीभूता the food that the earth produces is what makes us who makes that food is the parjanya the parjanya is the in simple layman's words is rain the rain makes it happen what makes the rain the rain is made by the fire yagna so look at this principle the elements earth then water now fire and which what makes this element of fire work it's karma that is the vayu principle the prana principle karma brahmodbhavam vidhi brahma is the space ever expanding space the word brahma comes from bruhat something that's expanding so the space that's ever expanding which is again confirmed by science science also says that space is ever expanding stephen hawking's has given all this mathematical model how the space is expanding the universe is not same it's continuously expanding so there the origin of karma is there 
and that expansion the space principle is coming from akshara akshara is the imperishable divine consciousness so everything starts from that cosmic consciousness but the most important in this link is karma the action the change karma is what changes the time space if you look at ourselves there are continuous changes in us our mind is continuously changing our intellect is continuously changing our body is continuously changing there are processes going on in our body that is also karma a breathing is a karma the heart beating that's also karma you thinking that's also karma you feeling emotions that's also karma you talking you walking you everything is karma now this karmas that we are doing knowingly or unknowingly is what is deciding my habits who am i i am nothing but collection of habits collection of memory certain emotional patterns certain patterns of patterns of thoughts is what i am and who made these patterns of thoughts who made these habits in me who made these addicts addictions in me it's the karmas what makes me anxious it's the pattern and what made that pattern it's my actions that i have done knowingly or unknowingly so look we are nothing but a collection of these conditionings sanskar in sanskrit or impressions left behind our karmas so our karmas have made all of this so whatever we experience in our day to day life is a result of my karmas that i have done knowingly or unknowingly and now i am suffering so it's time for me to unlearn it's time for me to relearn it's time for me to change and how to change again the simple principle shri krishna has presented in bhagavad gita use the same karmas just in a different way so karmas will help you unlearn karmas will wipe the sanskaras the impressions the negative habits the patterns that you have formed but for that to happen you need to do karma in a very specific way and that path to unlearn is karma yoga i'm going to highlight three things with karma yoga the three attributes of karma yoga what makes the karma become a karma yoga the first attribute is very important realization for us if you pay attention to and that attribute is nishkama nishkama means the karma without any attachment to the fruit or without any desires the desires create attachments that we discussed in chapter 2 this desires leading to attachments if your karma you do it without any attachment 
What's going to happen? So let's consider a situation. You're preparing for an exam, for example. When you say, I'm preparing for exam, the result of that exam comes to your mind. And then, naturally, the result can go from fail to top. You know, a failure in the exam and very successful in the exam, like the top rank. When you think of the failures, you develop repulsion to that idea. I say, no, 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 I don't want to be a failure. But I want to be the first one. And then you develop attachment with that top grade. When you develop attachment to be the first one, to be the most successful, that is your attachment to the fruit. No doubt, this idea of securing or achieving the success is a motivation for you. No doubt about it. But it most of the times, it creates stress and anxiety. We all know that. Go to any uh, teacher and ask them when the time of exams, what happens to kids? They say many kids feel sick. There are so many studies which say that if there is an exam, health is not really good. They studies, they have a lot of evidence about it. So stress actually reduces our performance. And if you apply this one principle of Sri Krishna's Karma Yoga, that I have no attachment. The moment you have no attachment with the fruit, the stress is gone. The anxiety is gone. A simple technique that Sri Krishna mentioned. Your expectations can sometimes bring positive results and your expectations can bring sometimes negative results. I discussed about negative results. What about positive results? It brings excitement, which is again not something that is good. And that is why Sri Krishna says, your work should be non-attached to the fruit of the action. I'll give you one more example. It's an interesting example. When we are working in the office, we have attachment to the fruit of our action. What is the attachment? If I work, I should get this much money. Or if I am working, then my work should be over within this time period and I should be able to go home. Whatever. And naturally, these expectations that we have bring attachments and that brings stress. Most of us who work in the offices, we say, oh, my job is very stressful. The same person who says my job is stressful goes on a holiday and he enjoys the holidays. So let's see a person who is working in the office and let's see a person, the same person enjoying his holidays. Look at the difference. In the office, what is he doing? A nice air-conditioned room probably, nice chair to sit on, nice laptop in front, probably there's a coffee machine, food is there on time 
it's not that you don't get food mentally uh, sorry physically it's not very demanding because you're sitting in the chair so it's quite relaxed in a way for your body and when you go on a holiday look what you do you walk in the morning you go for cycling you go for swimming so much of physical work probably the food will be similar or different little different you can say other than this physical work in your holidays you are also doing a lot of mental work you'll probably read some books you'll watch some documentaries so you are mentally also active physically also active why does the holiday does not stress you why there is no stress in holidays and why there is stress in the work the simple difference is your attachment to the fruit of your action in holidays when you are walking you don't have any attachment to the fruit you just walk that's it in the office if you are walking up and down it stresses you say so much of trouble <sighs> i don't like it in office you are working on the computer is so much stressful but if you are reading a book in holidays and writing some notes from the book on your computer it's not stressful what is the difference non attachment with the fruit of action one second aspect of karma yoga nirahankar so the first non attachment is connected with desires kama second aspect nirahankar is connected with krodha or ego often the ego brings stress and anger and negativity in our life and it's independent of the fruit of the action i'll give you one simple example you are working in the office you expect pay rise at the end of your financial year and you get it you are happy oh i got pay rise very nice you got the fruit of your action that made you happy okay no problem then second news comes to you and the second news is your colleague who doesn't deserve any pay rise has got two times more pay rise than you what happens is your happiness still the same or the happiness gets converted into anger this is ego this is a role of ego how powerful the role of ego is in deciding my state of mind if the work is selfless then this negative experience is not there when the work is selfless there is no comparison when the work is selfless there is no competition many times the selfless dimension starts coming when you start doing the work for others it's very difficult dimension because most of the times we say i am doing it to prove it to myself i am doing it because i want to prove it to others that i am this and this and i am that and that and that creates a lot of stress shri krishna is telling arjuna that this is unnecessary for you you don't have to really do the action getting influenced by your ego then if it is not for ego and then if it is not for the fruit of the action then what's the purpose of the action for my for me in my day to day life almost all of this behavior that i am getting involved in is about attachment 
and is about ego. This is a very important part of Karma Yoga dimension that Sri Krishna has presented in third chapter and then the theme is continued in fourth, fifth, sixth, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve chapters. That is Swadharma. What is the concept of Swadharma? My duty, my responsibility, my role that I need to play in my life. And this is most critical idea to understand. To understand this, I will give you different, different examples and different ways. If you look at your life, can you say that my life is independent life? Independent life cannot exist. Our life is interconnected. I cannot make my own food. The rice that is made for me is done by hundreds and thousands of people. The farmer who has made it, the seeds that he purchased, the seeds are from generations. So just for me to eat my rice, hundreds of people have already contributed. The same is true with every object that I am using. I am wearing this t-shirt. So many people have contributed in making that t-shirt. I am staying here and I am living in this place. When this place was constructed, hundreds and thousands of people have contributed. Different engineers, different workers, different companies, different agencies. So all of this connects me indirectly to all of those people. Right now I am using phone. Just take example of a phone. How many engineers have been working hard for how many years to make this technology, piece of technology for us? It's just not the people who manufactured it. It's just not the people who designed it. But that phone has so many other features in it. There's a card. There's a mobile SIM card. That SIM card is operated by some other company. They have their own infrastructures. There are hundreds of people, thousands of people working. There's so many other features in the phone. They are made by different, 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 different people. There's internet connected. On internet, there are so many resources that are making my life easy. So many applications, so many thousands of people have done those applications. So just take one phone and how many people have contributed to your experience of life? Look, when I get all of these, I have a responsibility to give back. This is the idea of Karma Yoga. When I receive, I have to give back because it's my duty. If I don't give back, I am disturbing the balance. If you go back to the mother nature that we all come from, everywhere there's, if you go to a forest, there's an ecology that exists within that forest. Every animal in that forest, every plant in that forest, every small bug in that forest has a role to play. The lion has a role to play. The antelopes has a, have a role to play. The plants and the vegetation there, they, they have their role to play there. There's a water reservoir, it has its role to play. And everyone is dependent on each other. The lion is dependent on the antelopes. If the antelope numbers go down, the lions also go down. If the antelope numbers go up, lions go up. If the antelope numbers go up, they eat more grass. So the 
the greenery goes down. If the antelopes are gone down, the grass grows up, the trees grows up, grow up. So this is interdependency. So everyone has to give to the creation. Is it only for creation? If you take your life, in my house, I receive so many things from my people in the house. So I have a responsibility to give back. There are my parents, there's my partner, there's my kids. I have to give back. In society, I am receiving so much from my society. I gave you some examples of the society. I get education, I get my food, I get everything in my life from these people around me in society. So I have to give back to the society. And the next level is mother nature. I receive from mother nature, I have to give back. I can't say that I'm just going to cut down this tree because I want to use the wood for my pleasure, my, my desire. I want nice chair in my room. Well, it's not going to be good for you in long term if you don't plant one more tree after cutting one. Because if I cut down the tree, it will affect my air. Right now, we are all facing the problem. In the world, we understand what's happening as global warming. And the reason, simple reason for global warming is I am just taking things from nature for my desires and I'm not giving back. It's not a very big secret. If I don't give back, I'm going to pay the price of it. So karma yoga that Shri Krishna is recommending is not for your spiritual growth, but it is for your survival. So, on all these levels, in my house, in my society, in mother nature, I have these different roles to play. That is my dharma. But there is one more important aspect. Shri Krishna says every life, every atma is divine. So, every life is equally valuable to the divine. And that life that I have received, that you have received, that he has received, that she has received, has a purpose. And you have to find out that purpose in your life. You are born without your will. You did not decide, I'll be born in India, or I'll be born in Italy, or I'll be born in Colombia, or I'll be born in Israel. You did not decide that, you were born. You did not decide how much you will be your height. You were given that. Your genes, everything was decided. So you are born with specific qualities. You are born with specific likes and dislikes. And you have to understand your likings, your abilities to decide what should be your life goal. Buddha, he was born into a royal family. He was going to be a king. He was a king. But he realized that his nature is not suitable for ruling the kingdom. So he decided his karma yoga would be to help people evolve in spiritual dimension. Don't think that Buddha has nothing to do with karma yoga. Buddha did his selfless action without any attachment to the fruit by going around in the society and telling people, guys, reduce your desires and ego. 
this is not going to help you come to the path of meditation come to the path of buddhas these teachings that he gave the panchashil similar to yamas and niyamas the four truths noble truths said follow these so though he was born in royal family his nature took him to the different side of his karmas and he did that as a karma yog look at arjuna arjuna was a royal prince he was a the part of the royal family he wanted to be a sanyasi but shri krishna told him that's not your path you are not made for that you can be on the war front and you can still do your karma yoga because what ultimately is most important is your karma yoga and that's what is going to evolve you in your life if someone is a artist he can do his karma yoga in that way non attachment to the fruit of the action selfless way and for people around for the nature now the question will come to you that how do i know what i am doing is it my karma yoga or not karma yoga i'll just give you one example and then you'll have bit more clarity so take example of a police officer the police officer is working in the police department and whatever work he is doing he feels very content and satisfied so yes that's very good then that can be called as his swadharma but a police officer cut who is working in the department but he is stressed all the time then he needs to rethink if it's that's his karma yoga or not when you are doing a particular karma the state of your mind will inform you what is the right swadharma for you and you should find that for yourself that's what shri krishna is telling arjuna that depends on your nature that your abilities your likes and dislikes your previous experiences and if you do these karmas in a karma yoga way you don't have to practice any other yoga technique because a karma yoga itself will evolve you spiritually and that is the direction of atma for you to realize atma to know yourself fully well to balance your mind to balance your emotions karma yoga is enough so i'm going to stop here with the subject of karma yoga tomorrow we'll continue with the next chapters and also some other examples of karma yoga i will give you hari om